Thank you very much. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus the Christ. Amen. I'm thankful, as I said before, to be here and worship with you. I'm so thankful that Jeff ordered this wonderful weather. I didn't know he had the power, but praise God for that. And we're thankful that you can sit in the shade and relax in God's creation and be part of this time of worship. I want to thank the online family as well for being with us. We always appreciate those who are able to worship online and be blessed through the ministry. So no matter if you're far away in Wisconsin or Michigan watching this, we are thankful for that participation in the continued ministry of Faith Lutheran. God's blessed us with technology if it's used correctly. And this is one of those correct uses when we stream and when we have online God's worship service as we're gathered here to celebrate this morning. Before I go any further, I'd ask you to bow your heads in a time of prayer. Father God, thank you for your creation that we are enjoying this morning here in Union Park. Thank you for the opportunity you have blessed us with to worship you in freedom and in song. Thank you for the gift of your word. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. And all of God's people said, Amen. Before digging into our focus text and our theme, Blessed to be a Blessing, I wanted to share a little bit about Memorial Day because sometimes that gets ignored, but I even think at churches we have this opportunity to remind people and also inform people regarding Memorial Day. I looked at some past sermons that were given on this weekend. Jeff, I listened to yours. I think that was two, three years ago you gave one. And we have the blessing, again, of technology to go back. And sometimes it's not a blessing. But it was a blessing to hear of Jeff's sermon, to listen to it, but also to share with you some information. At the heart of Memorial Day is upon a sacrifice that we have to recognize those who have fallen in battle, service to our country, and given up their life for our freedoms. So if you have a a great-grandfather, a grandfather, a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a relative, a friend who has lost their life in service to this country, our hearts go out to you. It's still a time of grieving when we remember those things, but also giving thanks that people are willing to sacrifice for the freedoms that we have, and one of them is the freedom to worship here this morning, so we're thankful for that. Memorial Day is special for many in this country. It's not just about barbecuing or going to parades, although those can be enjoyable in the fellowship, but it is about remembering and about giving focus and understanding to the hundreds of thousands who gave up their life defending the freedoms of this great country. I don't know if you were aware of the birthplace of Memorial Day, or as it was called initially, Decoration Day. The birthplace was actually Waterloo. Not Waterloo, Illinois. Not Waterloo, Iowa. But Waterloo, New York. It happened on May 30th, 1868. 1868, given by a general order number 11, which stated, this day is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lay in almost every city, village, hamlet, churchyard in the land. 
I'm wondering, though, maybe some of you who grew up here and learned the history of Illinois, if you know who gave that general order. It was actually someone from Jackson County, Illinois. His name, John A. Logan. Actually, more accurately, General John Blackjack Logan. He served in the 1st Illinois Volunteer Infantry during the Mexican War. He was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as a Democrat before surprisingly joining the Union Army and fighting for freedom. After the Civil War, Black Jack Logan returned to Illinois and as a Republican now, served in both the House and Senate and was even on the 1884 Republican ticket for vice president. Black Jack Logan died on the 26th of December, 1886, and is buried at the United States Soldiers and Airmen's Home National Cemetery in Washington, D.C., which is northwest of the famous Arlington Cemetery. So famous and regarded was Black Jack Logan of Jackson County, Illinois, that his is the only mausoleum in that particular cemetery. I believe it's a blessing that someone from this state gave that order for us to recognize those who died in battle and to celebrate as well Memorial Day and the weekend we have now as a national holiday. So if you go to a parade, a cemetery with many flags, you can remember that Black Jack Logan, uh, someone from Illinois, started that for all of us, and we're thankful. We're also recognizing today, as Jeff highlighted, Pentecost Sunday. And as Jeff highlighted as well, it was actually a Jewish time of celebration. Many people think of the New Testament text and Acts that Jeff read, but it actually started in the Old Testament. It was one of the feasts called Shavuot, a feast of weeks, a time that they gathered in the holy city and went to Jerusalem. That's why there was so many people there, as Jeff highlighted from Acts chapter 2. And the opportunity we have to understand Pentecost is a blessing as well. Occurring 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the blessing that the Holy Spirit was present. That they, the disciples, waited for the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus told them to wait. In our world, in this 21st century, when someone tells us to wait, that's often difficult. Especially if we don't know what the end date is of that wait. But the disciples 2,000 years ago followed the direction of the risen Lord and they waited until the Holy Spirit came upon them in tongues of fire. That's why we're, some of us wear red. We have the blessing of the altar and paraments in red. And we have that recognition of the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray you have the Holy Spirit in your life working actively every day. Jesus Christ blessed us with the Holy Spirit, with the Counselor. And I pray that the Holy Spirit works in and through you until you meet Jesus in heaven for eternal glory. This morning we're continuing in the 2023 sermon series, Blessed to be a Blessing, and we're going to dig into an Old Testament character, not much of a character, but Miriam. Miriam, uh, there's not a lot about her in the Old Testament. So this is going to be a shorter sermon. Well, at least you did an applause. I appreciate that. So thank you. 
If you were able to be with us last week, I introduced her through our biblical text when I offered information about Moses. She is the oldest sister of Moses. So that's where Miriam comes in, directly related to Moses. And Miriam's a a unique name, actually, not just in the Old Testament, but in our society today. Miriam, Miriam in the United States is the 265th most popular name. Not many people name their daughter Miriam. Actually, according to the Social Security Administration, only 0.066% of females born in 2022 had this name. So if you know a Miriam, you're blessed. There aren't many amongst us. So realize that. The name Miriam from the Old Testament means wished for child. Or another translation has it to be bitter. I want to focus on the wish for child aspect because understanding Miriam, it's an old name that modernized is Mary. So if you know a Mary, you're connected to this. And I want to focus just for that moment on the wish for child because when I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the wish for child of the blessing of the Holy Spirit again comes to mind. I want to reinforce or maybe introduce some of you to the book that we're going through as a congregation, Discover Your Gifts. This is the workbook. You can pick those up at the welcome table, I bet. Uh, They're free for anyone who desires to have one. We want everybody to be involved in discovering your gifts. It's important to know what gifts God has given us so that we can use them to glorify him in his kingdom. Again, our topic today is Miriam and management gifts according to the workbook. If your life group has dwelled into session four of Discover Your Gifts workbooks, you'll realize some of this. But if you haven't yet, it's still for you. If you're not going through the book, this information, this sharing is still for you because it can still glorify God. So please know that that material is free and you're more than happy to take it and share it with others as well. From the workbook, as in session four, there's a quote by Walt Disney. I really enjoy Walt Disney. Walt Disney is a man with great wisdom, had great wisdom, had great vision, entrepreneurship and management. He had many gifts that he shared. Now the old Disney I appreciate. Today's Disney, not so much. We won't go into that right now. Walt Disney said though, and I'm quoting, of all things I've done, the most vital is coordinating the talents of those who work for us and pointing them toward a certain goal. When we speak of the gift of management, that statement by Disney really hits home. Coordinating talent, pointing people towards a certain goal. Do you do that in your life? Do you coordinate talent? Maybe even in your home? Maybe in your larger family? your children or grandchildren. Maybe this summer you'll have an opportunity to point someone in the right direction. Use your management gifts to guide that individual. 
Maybe it's painting their grandma's garages. I know a family here is doing this weekend. Maybe it will be improving the baseball or softball skills of a young person. Maybe furthering your child or grandchild's education by helping them manage their time, their talent, and resources throughout this summer. Each of us, in our unique way, is able to use this gift of management within our own life to further God's glory in our own life and to reach others in his name. So whether it's in your church life, your professional life, your family life, please know that that gift is there and can be utilized well. If you have an opportunity to open your Bibles or open your app, you can turn to Exodus chapter 15, verses 19 through 21. It's a short text that we have today. But before I read that to you, I'd like to share again where Miriam came in and the use of her management gifts. She was actually introduced to us in Exodus chapter 2. Hear these words of God. Now a man in the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she, that's Jochebed, we talked about her last week, became pregnant and gave birth to a son, that would be Moses. When she saw that she was, he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him any longer, she got a papyrus, papyrus excuse me, basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the banks of the Nile. His sister, that would be the person we're talking about today, Miriam, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his, again, Moses' sister, Miriam, asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother, which was also her mother. A blessing to have these words and the blessing of God's word over all. So that's where she is introduced to us in Scripture. Sarah, my wife, shared with me from a recent devotional book that she's going through that further highlights Miriam's role with her baby brother Moses, quoting here, Even as a young girl, she showed fortitude and wisdom. In Exodus 2, that comes true. The sister stood at a distance and watched over her little brother, wanting to care for him. She showed fortitude because he was a Hebrew and could have been killed because of the decree at that time regarding young males. Then the sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse a baby? Boy, is she managing that princess. She's really getting to the point of controlling the situation, knowing that the answer would be yes, so she could bring her mother, Moses' mother, to nurse the child. The devotion was accurate. Even as a young girl, she showed fortitude and wisdom. There was wise management of resources in that situation. So Miriam in Exodus 2 is not spoken about until we get to our text today in Exodus 15. But before that, I want to share with you something from Exodus chapter 6. In Exodus chapter 6, they do the, the lineage, the, the family details are recorded of the people and the clan of Levi. 
it shares in part. Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed, who bore him Aaron and Moses. Later in the same chapter, Aaron's talked about. Nowhere in the chapter is Miriam talked about. Nowhere is she described in any fashion within that lineage, that, that reading that we have in chapter 6. The older sister, the one who saved her younger brother, not even mentioned. Allow me to read to you our focus text. It's very short. Exodus 15, verses 19, 19 through 21. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. And that's our focus text for this morning. This text points out some amazing things for us, even though it's very short, that we hear the name of Moses' older sister. We hear her name very clearly, Miriam the prophet. But it doesn't say Moses' sister, it says Aaron's sister. I find that unique. I find some of Scripture curious at times. Not that I, I doubt the divine dictation that occurred, that this is from the movement of God's hand and the Holy Spirit. I don't doubt any of that. But I do sometimes get a curiosity about how things are phrased for us to understand. Moving forward, verse 20 again states, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Now, I didn't know what a timbrel was. Jeff? Tambourine. Very good. Smart man. It was probably just a hoop of wood or metal with parchment or something drawn over it so that they could make noise and maybe things attached to it to make further noise. So Miriam, she grabbed that. Other women had that. And she led them in singing praises to God. I wonder if she was the first worship leader, song leader that we have in the Bible, if she played that role. But from verse 21 again, she led them in this, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. What a, a, an astounding thing to sing praises to God for. God was wiping out the Egyptians who were trying to, again, capture God's people. But she managed to get a group of women together to sing praises to God, even though they were going through this treacherous time as they were escaping. It's often referred to, those words that I shared, the song of Moses and Miriam. And some of you were here last week or watched us online and you realize that this new pastor that's before you has no ability to sing, especially solos. So this part I'm going to read to you, even though it's called the Song of Moses and Miriam. I will sing to the Lord, for he is exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is God, and I will praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. 
There's power in those words. That's part of the opening of chapter 15. So go back and read it if you have an opportunity. There's power and conviction in those words, in those lyrics that were shared with us thousands of years ago. They sang these words unto the Lord as a way of giving thanks. In verse 20, it's pointed out, then Miriam the prophet. She's not the first prophet, obviously. We have Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, all prophets named in Scripture. But she is the first female prophet named in Scripture. And because of that, one would think her story would be phenomenal, that we would have more text about her just glorifying God, leading people, speaking out God's truth to those that she was with. But that's not the case. Even though she may have been the first song leader, worship leader, she didn't really follow up very well from that time. She doesn't come to us again until the book of Numbers, chapter 12, where her brother Aaron and her get together and start talking badly about their brother Moses, not giving him the credit that is due. They started opposing Moses. Now, it's hard for us to place ourselves in that situation, but to oppose a man of God like Moses, to oppose someone who has this deep relationship with God, who has actually seen God face to face, and they want to oppose him, I don't know what she was thinking. Let me refer back to the devotional Sarah shared with me. Remember the Hebrew people, they go through some tough transitions. They just got through the separated Red Sea. Here's the quote. We let ingratitude stalk and rob us of our blessings. We preferred the garlic and leeks of Egypt, the food of our slavery, to the manna the good God gave us. Enslaved to fear, we refused to enter the land of promise. So oftentimes, that's our case. We get comfortable in a certain setting. And the setting isn't great, but we're comfortable in it. And we don't use our gifts, maybe management gifts, to look to the future and see how things could be better and then move into the future as God guides us. So maybe you're in that situation right now. Maybe you're in that, I'm just comfortable. I don't need to change. It's not great, but it's not bad. No, God doesn't want you just to sit still. That through the movement of the Holy Spirit, God wants you to go forward, wants all of us to go forward, glorifying him and being even better each and every day as he works in and through us. We can't get stagnant in our life, stagnant in our faith, God wants us to be alive in him so we can express that to all those we come in contact with. Again, we have this challenge where Miriam is challenging her brother Moses and his activities. In scripture, we understand that God speaks to Moses. He said, I speak to Moses face to face. He sees the form of the Lord. Now, if someone told that to you, a long time ago, obviously, that that individual, Moses in this case, has been before God, has seen the form of God. Most of us would be in awe. But Miriam 
and Aaron are not in awe of Moses. They actually speak against him. And it's a difficult time. Let me share for a moment with you from chapter 12 of the book of Numbers. Chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else in the face of the earth. Verse 4. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. This is like being called to the principal's office. I was called there often, unfortunately. Maybe some of you weren't. But this is God calling them, in a sense, out to come right before him in the tent of meeting. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not of riddles. He sees the Lord, the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant my servant Moses? Again, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God is basically saying, I speak through Moses. You should have fear, not fear of uh, trembling, but more fear of respect, as we understand that in the Hebrew. You should respect Moses. Then the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. Here's the big one for this lady. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. Speaking against the Lord, the Lord gave her leprosy. And because of that, she was unclean. She had to leave the area, leave the people for a period of seven days according to the law. Aaron turned toward her and saw what she had had a defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Confession. Praying of repentance. Of course, Aaron may have been a little self-interest that he didn't want to get leprosy either. Not many people would. But Miriam is penalized for speaking against Moses, speaking against God, and his word. And we need to understand that in our 21st century as well. When we get into the word on a regular basis, a daily basis, we realize that we should not speak against God, but we should speak for God and the blessings that he gives us. Her lack of faith is the key here. Her lack of faith in the fullness of God. So Miriam's lack of faith caused this leprosy that she had for seven days. And really, we don't hear anything about this woman, the first female prophet in the Bible, until chapter 20 of the book of Numbers when she's dead. 
It's all we got of her. She's dead now. We don't have any other record of her. We don't have any other blessings of her. That was it. Not much to go on there. But what can we learn from her in our daily living here in this 21st century? We can learn to be full of faith, full of faith in God and his word, faithful to his word, faithful to his leading, faithful to the movements of the Holy Spirit, faithful to reading his word on a regular basis, going through our devotions and being faithful in doing so, and faithful in regularly connecting with God and his people. As you've done here this morning, thank you for being here in worship this morning. This is our way right now of connecting with one another. To be with one another and sing praises to God as Jeff leads us in song and God leads him to lead us. We're thankful to partake in worship, worshiping God in the freedom of this land. Don't take that for granted. Highlight it in your life when you gather for worship. Sing praises to him as Miriam did thousands of years ago with thousands of people. We're called to journey with God as well. Journey in prayer with God. I pray you have a strong prayer life, that you take time out every day, not just a, a moment in the day, but throughout the day. The Apostle Paul challenges us to pray unceasingly. That means we can pray more than just at a meal or in the morning. I used to feel guilty about my prayer life. When I would go to bed and end my day, I'd go through the day and I'd offer prayers for certain situations. And always in the midst of doing that, I would fall asleep. My spiritual mentor, Pastor Bud Roofs, who's in heaven with the Lord now, I was troubled by all of this, so I went to him. And I said, you know, it's really a struggle for me in my prayer life. I always fall asleep when I'm talking to God. And he looked at me and said, yeah. I thought I'd get some kind of wisdom, something profound from him. But then he said, what better way to end your day than falling asleep talking to God? That took the guilt off me in a tremendous way. And now I rejoice when I fall asleep talking to God. Sometimes I remember it, sometimes I don't. But maybe that could be a practice for you as you lay in bed talking to God before you fall asleep for the evening. Journeying in prayer is important. Being faithful to God is important. Taking time for his word is important. And more important, right now, I would ask you to join me in prayer. If you're willing to open your palms, lift them up, rise them as you desire. They could be on your knees or up in the air, whatever you are comfortable doing to receive this prayer. Father God, the good news from our text today is that Miriam was used by you first to save her little brother, Moses, from certain death, then to lead your people in praises to you, our awesome God. Father God, you blessed us with Miriam and you have blessed us to be a blessing through your son, Jesus the Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he has left us with. May we recall the first Pentecost day when the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a flame upon the disciples. May your Holy Spirit remain with us, your disciples, 
as we go and we grow and we make disciples. And we continue in prayer, but first I share, Lord, in your mercy.